Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Psychic's Truth with your host, Melanie Rimkus. Join Melanie as she shares her personal experiences as a professional psychic medium and explore the truth of how she and others deliver psychic messages. Where does all this mysterious knowledge come from? And why are there so many different theories? Join Melanie on a journey of self-discovery and thought-provoking conversations with other like-minded individuals in the community. Can Melanie crack the code on how ESP works? And now your host, Melanie Rimkus. Hi, everybody. I just want to say thank you for listening to the show. I am super excited. It has been a few years since I've done Blog Talk Radio, and I am back on, and we are live today. So today I have a real treat for you guys. I'm going to be bringing on the show Joseph Legend. So let me tell you about Joseph. First off, he is a philosopher. He's an astrologer and an energy healer for over 20 years. He's also a hypnotist specializing in metaphysical techniques and a musician and a ceremonial magician. So why did I bring him today to speak with you guys on my blog talk radio show? Well, Joe is a longtime student and teacher in the Course of Miracles, but most importantly, he has been studying the law of one raw material for over 12 years. He's currently actually working on a book that's going to compare these two texts, and the results are astonishing. So I want to welcome Joe to the show. Joe, welcome to the show. Hi, Melanie. Thank you so much for having me. I want to let you know that this show is all about you. So you can go ahead. <laughs> all about me. All right. That sounds great. <laughs> Actually, uh, we'll say that we'll say that this show is is all about raw. And then I think what raw would say was that this show would be all about the, the one infinite creator. And actually, the law of one raw material uh, is what is referred to as uh, channeled material, meaning that the information that is contained in these books, believe it or not, aren't actually from a human source. And um, they had to use great protection uh, before letting Ra speak through uh, the instrument. Her name was Carla. And before the, uh, before the sessions, there were 106 of them that occurred in, from the years of 1981 to, I believe, 1984. And prior to each session, they would uh, do several things for protection, including uh, walking a, a circle of protection or a magical circle and in which they would say they'd have two people walking around and um, at a diametrical opposition to one another, and they would both walk or circumambulate in a circle, and they would say, what is the law? The other person would respond, the law is one. Hmm. Why now, these we... were channeled oh, wait, sessions, it's... correct? All channeled sessions. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Yeah. So um, they would say, what is the law? And then they would say, 
the law is one. Why are we here? We seek the law of one. Why do we seek Ra? Ra is an humble messenger of the law of one. Then they would say, go forth then rejoicing in the power and in the peace of the one infinite creator and let no thought form disturb the circle which we have formed for the law is one. And by that time, Carla, she would, she would be lying down, um, blanket over her, microphones attached to her, uh, actually blindfolded. Her hair had to be perfectly combed, actually. There was one time when Ra said, you guys have to, literally during the session, that her hair wasn't combed enough. And, um, and they had to comb the hair. One time there was a crease in the blanket. And they said that the crease in the blanket was enough to cause great interference to channeling Ra. There also could not be any metal in the room at all because uh, except for Carla was a Christian woman and she would wear a cross, a golden cross on her heart. And Ra said that you can keep that metal because it's so important and so sacred to her. And so Carla was lying down behind her. There was a table in which the Bible was opened to John uh, chapter one, which is in the beginning was the word. Mm-hmm. and a white candle, um, a, a virgin chalice filled with water. And at the end of the session, after the channeling, everybody would uh, send their love and light into the water, and then Carla would drink it. And it was kind of a consummation of the, the sacred act of channeling Ra. And as well, there was uh, incense pointed this is this is where it starts to get pretty interesting <laughs> 20 degrees north by northeast and during each session or for each session the incense had to be rotated by 10 degrees so there's very very precise alignments that were necessary and the reason that Ross said it was necessary to do that with the incense that is have it pointed 20 degrees north by northeast at a certain angle and rotate it 10 degrees each session is that because that mimics the primal distortion of the creator. And that is just infinite, endless upward spirals to infinity. And so the conditions are very, very precise in which Ra could be channeled. And it required three people just to generate enough energy and to be able to uh, to channel Ra, and, and they were always working in, I would say, just resounding and positive uh, harmony with one another. And, so, yeah. So in the beginning, there was three people. How did they get to the point when they were doing this um, channeling? How did they get to the point of knowing how to do all this? Ra told them. Mm-hmm. So through experience, they learned this with Ra. Yes. In the first place, the, uh, the three people, Don, he was a scientist, and he's the one who would just sit there and ask questions. Carla was the one who actually channeled, and then there was a third gentleman who was the scribe. He would write down what is being said, and he would, provide, he would be like almost like a battery 
and provide and hold the space. But Don, he spent 30 years as a PhD level scientist investigating UFO phenomenon, cases where people have missing time and abductions wow. or wake up with, you know, things on their bodies and that kind of a thing. Right. And so he had his group called L and L research down in Kentucky. They began doing like weekly sessions where about a group of about eight to 10 or 12 people would get together and just try and let a higher being speak through them. It was all done with great protection and great, great um, love and devotion for the creator. But eventually, um, Carl, I guess, just got pretty good at it. And one day, um, uh, Ra just suddenly spoke through them and uh, gave some more uh, precise instructions about how how to do it. Because you got to understand, this is uh, not conscious channeling. When Carla would awaken from the trance state, she would have no memory. She would have total amnesia for what was said. And as a matter of fact, Don did not let her read the first 22 sessions because he was a scientist and he didn't want any interference, uh, conscious interference at all from it. So it was a bit of a slow process in the end, but eventually in 1981, Ra gave some more specific instructions. Yeah. So from, and just to get even back to the beginning for a second, in yeah. your opinion, from channels like um, people that are trans channeling, you know, just general mm-hmm. psychic mediums and they're going in a trans state, they say all the time. This is one of the only one or one of the very few real trans channeled states that, in, in your opinion, through your experience and research, that has really happened, noted by all the ceremonial locations and, and where you had to sit in the positions. So is this be the, one of the best channelings oh, you've yeah. ever heard of? Yeah. Yeah, and that is that's precisely it. As you know, in my life, I've been into metaphysics since a very young age. I mean, I wrote my first paper on metaphysics when I was ten years old. You know, I, I just had this strange inborn temperament that was seeking the big answers, and so I have searched, and I, I'm a ferocious reader. And in my experience. Um, the raw material, uh, it's in a class of its own. Uh, the only other texts that are, I mean, because if you're, it's like if you're a, a student of spirituality, you know, you got to find something that you can really believe in and that kind of a thing. And I've always mm-hmm. felt like, well, if I'm going to devote my life to studying something, I would want it to be something as, as, Least valid. Yeah, yeah, at least distorted as possible. (laughs) And so the raw material is one. Uh, A Course in Miracles is another. Um, There's also the Emerald Tablets of Thoth the Atlantean. Those seem pretty authentic. There's the Edgar Cayce material. Uh, I love Edgar Cayce. Yeah. So it's all this stuff that's fascinated me, things that aren't really human because right. that's where we got to get our knowledge from. Is, and it's, I'm really, and that's why I'm glad to have you even, you know, talk about it and, and have future conversations in regards to this. Because as a psychic medium, I recognize constantly that when I'm picking up information from spirit, that there's so much room for error. 
so much room for mistakes when I don't go into a trance state, so to speak. So I'm, I'm constantly shifting from my, my conscious mind to what would be considered maybe more unconscious or of channeling. And there can be great errors or um, obviously, you know, they do the protection. So I'm really interested yeah. to hear about, you know, what does Ra have to say? Because it, it feels like that they've taken, um, I mean, I think I can be pretty accurate. You know, I'll speak to loved oh, yeah. ones and I'll pick up information. I can't even imagine the information that comes from someone that has <laughs> done so much work to clear out, um, uh, especially what you said, what is it, Don said that she couldn't look at any of those little transcripts to clear out all that. Um, well, we generally think with our conscious, we bring our conscious and we have yeah. our inner, inner mind, that, that inner conscious thought and to ha- not have that, this is pretty incredible. So I'm, I'm yeah. excited. So let's get into some of the information that was brought up. Where would you start with some of the information uh-huh. that profound information that Ra has spoken on? Mm-hmm. Well, um, it might be good to say in the beginning that, you know, the, the language itself of the raw material is a bit strange and not everybody will take well to it. I mean, to be honest, the book kind of reads like stereo instructions. For instance, regarding the accuracy of the channeling, Ra themselves say that they send a quote-unquote narrow bandwidth vibration and that... Um, other channeling um, may be more of a wide bandwidth. In other words, it's like maybe the person's sort of in the right direction. Right. That makes sense to me. But that it's just like what, yeah, yeah. But it's a very narrow, and it's kind of like what Jesus says when he says the way it's straight and narrow, and that the the, the door itself is a very small, small door, but... Um, this yeah, is where familiar, yeah. real quick, and I just want to kind of use like even my own personal validation on that, you know, Ross saying that from my experience, I people, I would say even my husband would mock me on it because I say that I have to increase my vibration. Um, I have to get what would be, so to speak, a higher vibration in order to uh, hear spirits talk. And if you were to do like um, work with a lower level energy, lower your vibration. So, you know, obviously I'm not uh, channeling raw. So in all truth, my vibration bandwidth would be a wide one, but you'd close it in as, as you, the higher you get up. And I think typically people aren't picking up loved ones speaking at them or psychic information because they're just not jumping to that level. So I, I can understand where Ra would say that. I would have to say I can validate it. So anyways, keep going, Joe. I'm sure. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess the the ultimate question in the beginning is, who is Ra? And uh, perhaps you've heard um, the name Ra associated with the ancient Egyptians. Uh, Indeed, Ra is in the mythology of the ancient Egyptians, uh, the sun god. And Ra says... Uh, goes into great uh, detail about how about the history of the earth that you wouldn't get anywhere else. Ra goes into uh, the history of the solar system. And this is so interesting because I've never heard this anywhere else in any other spiritual book except for maybe Drun Below Melchizedek. And well, 
it turns out that well, Atlantis Ra, Ra talks about Ra actually gives the exact year that ancient Atlantis sank to the exact year, and uh, so wow. Ra says that after Atlantis had sank, Ra came to the earth and built a series of pyramids over the earth in order to quote unquote. Uh, stabilize the cosmic inpourings of energy that stream into the Earth's uh, magnetic field, and that. So that would be why the pyramids were built. Yes, because oh. I guess after after Atlantis sank, I guess things were pretty wobbly, and so the pyramids. What they do is they stabilize the field because Ra wanted to see humanity have a chance at being successful. And apparently, when we fell from Atlantis, we fell from a very high state. And we're essentially a species with amnesia for our true origins. And so Ra came to the Earth trying to help humanity out, and Ra built the pyramids. So you how know, does Ra uh-huh. talk about how he built the pyramids? Can we go into uh-huh. that for a second? Because I, sure. I want to know. <laughs> How did that happen? Okay. Uh, Well, Ra says that the pyramids were built. Sometimes the language is a bit strange, as I said. It's okay. The pyramids were built using the powers of the mind, working with intelligent energy, and working with, quote-unquote, infinite rock beingness. (laughs) And Ra also says it this way. It says, uh, this has not been understood by your peoples, but the stones of the Giza, they are alive. They were built using the forces of the law of one himself. And Ra also said that, well, basically the pyramids were thought into being. And the only reason that the pyramids do not appear as one single block, Ra said, that they did not want to be worshipped as creator, as miraculous creators of a pyramid. And so the pyramid appears to be physically built, but in actuality, it was simply thought into being using the powers of the law of one and communicating with the rock, the beingness of the rock itself. And I can go a little bit more into that if you like. Wow, that's pretty, you know what, that, that's incredible. Yeah, give us a little bit more depth if you want, because I would sure. love to hear it. Uh, now, this, this goes into some of the th- theoretical things that, I, that I'm going into in, uh, with the book and, and these kinds of things where it's the same thing with the crystal. And this is what Ra tells us, that if you want to do healing with crystal, what you have to do is, um, well, the, the word crystal in Greek actually means frozen Oh. And it's the same thing with, with rocks, essentially, where in order to activate the crystal, what you're doing is you are uh, connecting to, to that. Well, first of all, you have to, uh, Ross says, incarnate physically your love into the rock and communicate okay. with its 
with its essence, thereby melting the frozen light. And when you have melted the fr this frozen component of the crystal, you're now placed in direct communication with crystalness itself or the being or the spirit, so to speak, of the crystal, at which point you can make a request. And it's actually the same thing with hypnosis. In hypnosis, what you're doing is you're essentially reaching the core or the, the subconscious of the person. And when you have made contact, then you're able to ask a request. But the thing about that is that, you know, there are two paths in life. There's the positive path or the right path and the mm -hmm. negative or the left path. And what we have to do, because as people who are on the positive path, we have to treat the mind uh, as though it were a, a virgin maiden and that you mm -hmm. have to sort of sidestep things and kind of ask permission. The other path, the left-hand path, which is, Demand. They treat the mind as though it were a prostitute and just simply demand the results. Mm -hmm. But for us on the positive path, the, the, the whole aspect, and this goes into the pyramids, communicating with the essence of what it is at a spiritual level and then with perfect sincerity asking, uh, asking of it a request. And, and it will almost always uh, do what you ask because it's done um, with love. And so there's, <laughs> there can be no error. <laughs> wow. Wow. So um, that's pretty cool. So, I mean, that whole pyramid, because, you know, that's the thing. Like, how did those, back in the day, right, how would those people, it's impossible, impossible. It's so much people yeah. would be dying every day, you couldn't see them. They can't carry rocks. But it just the way that it was um, built, it, it, it Truthfully, the only, in all honesty, believable way that I can gather would be the right. exact way that Ra would have described it. Because it would have to take something, something of ununderstood powers to be able to do something that great. Yeah, it's literally. Well, Ra, Ra built the Giza, but they didn't build the other two. Okay. But yeah, humans today, there's no way that they could rebuild the Giza. <laughs> That's so cool. All right. So then when, so after rock came and he actually walked the earth, so to speak, yes. you know, literally, 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 literally walked right? the earth, which is really, really rare to do. So when he came here and he did that, what was his goal? Like why, why is Ra even communicating um, with uh -huh. Carla, right? That would be her name, so to speak. What, yeah, what was Carla. his goal in his communication? What, like, what is, what are some of the things he wanted to teach us? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. Well, um, well. Or did you want to go into yeah. the solar system stuff? Because I kind of love I know, that. it's a good question. Um, basically, throughout history, for a civilization that is spiritually oriented, and suppose that we don't have a, a civilization that's, you know, asleep in technology and, and, and all this kind of a thing, which is kind of the, you know, let's be honest, it's kind of the condition of the earth. We're kind of a, mm -hmm. a, a bunch of slackers. <laughs> but Ra yeah. wished to, I mean, always, where possible, higher beings have to, they automatically wish to offer service 
to others in order to help rescue people from sorrow. Because when you reach the higher levels, you still remember what it was like to be at a, at a lower level where uh, pain and these kinds of things, sorrow was so great, you know. And so Ra actually uh, did walk the earth attempting to align people. I mean, that's what the Giza pyramid is, is actually right. an ascension chamber. That's pretty incredible. Now, we do have a couple of callers. I'm not sure okay. if they're looking to speak. We have a couple minutes left. Let me see if somebody has a question for you. Let me just kind of connect her. Hold on a second. Hi, welcome. Hold on. I don't want to lost them. Hold on one second. Hi, welcome to Psychic Truth. Do you have a question for Joe? I was just, um, I was really enjoying the show. I, when you just said that, I just pushed one just to um, to add that. I'm very interested in uh, the topic. First time listener here. Um, and his words um, were tremendously helpful to me because I'm going through a period of transition. I'm surrounded by a lot of different mm-hmm. energies and sort of negativities, um, trying to see the light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. Um, and I survived a lot worse. So <laughs> I know that this too shall pass. Well, excellent. I want to say welcome to the show. Um, me and Joe will be reconnecting um, within the next few weeks, talking a lot about um, this material. Is there any quick question you want to ask Joe before we wrap up the show? Um, from an astrology perspective, I am my birthday month is next month. So I know that this time of year, um, it just seems as though it's sort of strike while the iron is hot. That's all I keep really like visualizing in my head. It's just that this is the time now to start new intentions. Would you agree with that? Um, as far as, you know, when those energies align? Uh-huh. Um, well, without looking at your exact moment of birth, it's essentially impossible to render um, a faithful astrological judgment. Uh-huh. Um, however, I know that next month uh, Jupiter will be um, stationing direct. Uh, in Sagittarius, and uh, that's an indication that overall there's a positive swing in the right direction, Um, and that that does begin um, next month that Jupiter direct in motion can kind of get things going in the right direction. I didn't catch your first name. What was your first name again? Real quick. Uh, Carrie. Carrie. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead, Carrie. Uh, My birthday is the 6th, so definitely I will... Take note of that. I know Mercury is retrograde, and I'm sort of dealing with some um, paperwork, legal issues. I'm hoping that there'll be a smooth transition. I'd uh-huh. like to um, start living again, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Especially after three years of yeah. sort of this turmoil. Um, and I just celebrated the 50th anniversary of my father's passing on the 5th of July. So that's why I sort of feel like this time is it's a period of reflection and just sort of getting a clear mind on things. So definitely we'll we'll look into the Jupiter being stationary <laughs> and know that that's yeah. probably the green light. Yeah. And, uh, you know, regardless of what's going on in the heavens as well, you know, because someday, you know, the sun, the moon, and the stars will vanish. But there's something in you and about you that will always exist and never wait for the stars to to be in touch with that aspect of yourself. And everything is going to go perfectly, perfectly well when you do that, (laughs) as you know. Great. Excellent. All right. Well, Carrie, um, we're going to be wrapping up the show soon. I just want to let you know, though, within a couple of weeks, Joe and I will be talking a lot about astrology. So if you want to go ahead and kind of like, click, or go ahead and follow it, 
um, I, you know, and connect you. Maybe we'll be talking to you again in the future, too. So I definitely will. Thank you so much for taking my call. Thank, Thank you for you. listening. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Actually, Joe, that's a really good um, end period to even kind okay. of wrap the show up for that now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Half an hour is good. And so just think of how much more um, we can talk about in the future. Went by in the flash. Yeah. <laughs> it did go by in the flash. And, yeah, that whole Jupiter, I always see that as a luck planet. That's just my personal yeah, uh, thought it, process, it can, you know? It can add stability for sure. Yeah, Jupiter was in Sagittarius. Wow. So um, if anyone, any of the listeners, um, we didn't have the chance to connect through to everybody. If anybody wants to personally um, go ahead and reach out to Joe, you can actually reach out by making a phone call to him or even texting him. So the number to reach to Joe is 716 for the area code, 471-1367. And I will add that down um, in the little uh, blurb on there. So you guys can go ahead and just access that phone number underneath the little advertisement. And I want to thank everybody for joining us today. So listen to the next show. We are definitely be spending a lot of time talking about this uh, raw material the law of one and joe thank you so much it was such a pleasure today to be able to talk to you and i look forward to bringing you back yes thank you so much melanie and god bless you too joe have a wonderful day everyone bye-bye bye